Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And stateside Urban Craft Vodka, home of the Surfside Iced Tea and Lemonade Vodka. Come on. Oh, wait. I got my package today. All right, let, me go, go on. let me go get it while you do yep. it. Uh, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter was statesidevodka.com. On the show today, just as we all expected, especially me, James Harden coming through in the clutch, Tobias Harris coming through in the clutch, the Sixers win their sixth straight against the Nets. James Harden and M. Night Shyamalan make a little film together. Uh, someone says that we're emitting loser energy with our MVP talk, perhaps the return of the jigsaw. CJ finally does his job. And the voicemails are all over me and the Ricky Reddit is unhinged. And finally, we will get to the Ringer Top 100 rankings. We have a big announcement coming February 4th, February 4th, February 4th, big announcement. Announcing, announcing the announcement. Announcing the announcement. Also, before we get going, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe on YouTube and set up notifications. It helps us, it helps you. And I did mention Stateside Vodka, home of now. They have the Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka, but now there's the Surfside Peach Tea and Vodka, the Iced Tea and Lemonade Vodka, and then they have the Lemonade and Vodka. That's what I have right now. I saw Zoe got a care package. I was all pissed off. And later that night, like I got knock on the door, eight o'clock at night, ran to the front, saw three big boxes the iced tea and lemonade and vodka is spectacular that's nice lemonade only available right now on the website along with the peach tea i don't know if the lemonade is of the straight lemonade is available yet um all just just awesome fucking perfect go to statesidevodka.com but you got to be 21 to drink it without any further ado amos and the chef Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who always has the juice. That is one, Mike Levin. Mm. I was not, you said you got juiced up by this game. Got before fucking started. juiced up for this one. Harden's and, my boy. And I was just, <laughs> I'm not, I look, I'm happy to hear it. I just knew they were going to win this game. I was not concerned. I knew it was uh, going to get close and they were going to make it look annoying, but I had a feeling they were going to win and, and they did. And they're just a better, team. without Durant, they're just a better team. And, you know. Kyrie was incredible. I had some incredible shot making. Uh, Seth Curry, incredible shot making. But ultimately, without Durant, they're just not. They're not good enough to beat this. Uh, team. I was not sure they were going to win. 
I, when they were up 15 in the second quarter, I did tweet that it would be within two with six minutes left. It was pretty oh, yeah. close. Automatic. Pretty close. If you've been watching the Sixers for any amount of time, you knew, and the NBA this year, when it's just really, it's like a game of NFL blitz. <laughs> like whoever has the ball last is the one, is the team that's going to win. I They should allow as many, as much contact as NFL blitz. NFL blitz. Say, if only. Yo, man, it's a good win. That's six straight. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll get to it in the voicemail or the emails, and I didn't hear it, but you made the, the nine straight win proclamation at one point that you needed mm-hmm. it. And I guess on his podcast, Bill Simmons, when he was questioning the Sixers, was talking before the road trip. And he was like, they need to rip off seven in a row here. They need to rip off seven. In a row. And they're at six now. And that was uh, whether the, the Nets had Durant or not. This was the first game home after a road trip when teams are typically flat. And and Embiid was we'll get to fucking all of it. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Embiid was juiced up, but not very good. And uh, and really, when it was teetering, that you could say a lot of things about James Harden and Kyrie Irving. But one thing I would say in general is if it was like a mano a mano, get buckets in the fourth quarter down to the last second, I would typically take Kyrie Irving like every time. And Kyrie Irving looked like he was on one, but your boy, James Harden, hit a couple of step backs when the team, when it was tied and they needed a couple of buckets. And he took one that I knew he was going to take that wasn't going to go in. And And then when he got to the rim on that last one, like that was just a fucking, it was a big play, man. It was clutch play. Tobias, great defense on Seth Curry. And then a, a clutch bucket down on the other side. I, this yep. is a good win, man. I think this is a good win. It's a it's a good win. Things yeah. are good. Like it's I, I like how juiced up you are. I'm, I'm, I'm disarmed. I'm disarmed by how juiced up you yeah, are. Yeah, I fucking hate Ben. I fucking hate that dude. I've, I love. I've David. heard that. I've heard that on a podcast <laughs> or two. I can't I'm remember not, which podcast. Keep saying I'm drunk. It. I'm not drunk. I'm tired. I just fucking hate that dude. I love beating him forever, forever. I want to beat him forever. So that. Got a lot to talk about. Plenty yeah. to talk about. Bunch yes. of notes. But yeah, that that Harden, the step backs are the step backs. He's going to make them or he's going to miss them. It just feels like if he's, health, if he's healthy and he looks bouncy, he's bouncing into him, he's looking good. He's shooting his best. I heard on the ESPN broadcast, he's shooting his best from threes in 10 years. Oh, wow. His, his best percentage from three up to 38 or 39%. That's, that is surprising. It didn't feel that way. But he's feeling good. He's 5 of 10 tonight. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the bigger play being driving by Royce O'Neal. who's a really good defender. Yes. Uh, to finish at the rim. Again, those set those step backs that he make set up the ability to drive by Royce O'Neal, which we talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice. I mean, Harden played a great game. I thought he was really played within himself. The only thing that was frustrating to me, I thought he played pretty good defense. Um, not Certainly not the problem on defense. Uh, he had a couple, he had a nice uh, weak side rotation on a Nick Claxton roll that forced that he fouled him on and forced free throws. That was nice. Uh, obviously not a good foul shooter. And then and then a help on a Kyrie drive to come up with a steal, which is big. Um, he's just got to stop turning the ball over. Yeah, he's got, He turns the ball over a lot trying to get the ball to Joel and kind of just like is lazy or like a little lollipop pass thinking like well, Joel's 18 feet tall, he's going to catch it. But he doesn't. Like guys, get that ball gets knocked away all the time and he's kind of like not feeling the weak side help at all. So he's, he had six turnovers tonight. The rest of the team had three combined. That was kind of frustrating that he, that he kind of gave it back a little bit. But just like, Bunch of good, bunch of big plays, and then in a game that to your point, Embiid didn't have. Uh, he just like look, he's not good. Embiid. when He's all pissed off. Like he just that. wanted it too bad. Yep, he's, he's too bad. He wanted bad. it. 
because he's just like, this is, I've talked about this before and I don't know that I've ever like really, I'm, I'm like working towards the most like cohesive and poignant way to say it, but he's just such a human being, Joel Embiid, and we just know him so well. I feel like he's the most human star in the league. Like I couldn't look at like what, like I can just feel his emotions in a way that I can't, that I can't feel most athletes' emotions. Like I can really feel it. And you can tell watching this game with Ben on him when they got, when he got Simmons on a switch, he's like, I want to put this dude's underwear in the basket. Like I'm yes. dying to do it. And Dave Pash on the call is like, the crowd is salivating. I was salivating and Bede was drooling all over his Jersey. Like he wanted it so bad. And he just like, he wasn't settling for jumpers. He was getting his ass in the post and he's dying to fucking put his ass in the basket. And, uh, you know, six of 18 still was perfect from the line and stuff and, and, and played all right. But you know, not, but, yeah. not the Joel that we've seen this season when he was just ruthlessly effective this time. He was, he was, uh, his emotions got the better of him a couple times, a couple times, the entire game, yeah, the entire game. But I, I fucking love it, man. I love it. I loved it. It meant so much to him. I love that he fucking hates Ben too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought it was great. But to your point, we, all we've been seeing all year long was just like relentless 14 to 16 foot jumpers, just jumper mm -hmm. after jumper. I don't mm -hmm. think we saw one of them. The no, entire night. almost none. I think maybe one, but yeah, he, he did take a couple threes, but like he was just going at the basket. He's like, I'm trying to dunk. I, uh, yeah. It was I. It was it was a funny Embiid game. It was an interesting. I mean, like the the finish into the uh, into the three crop, crotch chops to the fans. That was great. Mm -hmm. It's always funny when national broadcasts have to deal with that. We don't and know what that means. Yeah, yeah. I think we have an idea, Dave. Yeah, and so it, it is one of the most. He was pointing to his dick. Like even if you haven't ever seen that before, you'd be like, "Wow, how can you never seen that? Come on, this is even if you had a new reference." He's like, look at my dick, look at my dick. Like, at the very least, that's sure. what it is, you know? Yeah. It was the most amount of people that have ever sucked it at once. Uh, it is, yeah. I mean, just come on, dude. Like, Dave Pash, like, his bit is being like, I'm a massive, like, robot dork. Uh, just say it's a suck it. Like, ESPN is not going to be upset. Everyone's you're allowed too to nervous. say suck it. You're allowed to uh, say suck it. And you're allowed to suck it as well. Mm -hmm. And as Anyone's the crowd did to, to Joel uh, at the end. And, but it was like, yeah, Joel... It, what I want to talk about? They well, didn't. Yeah, those, okay. the jumpers we talked about didn't get as, as much pick and, pick and roll with Harden because the Nets just kept switching everything, and then they went to zone, and so there wasn't the opportunity to do it. And we'll talk about the zone later. Yeah. But it just felt like it wasn't as many like easy buckets for him. It was a lot of like back to trying to isolate, trying to like post up while a bunch of guys are about to double down, all that stuff. Um, and he missed the layup when he should have dunked it. And I need that to be a dunk. I need all of those to be dunks. I'm going to keep calling it out. I think I need Tobias to tell him that those things to be dunks. And they just need to be more consistently dunks because dunks go in. And sometimes layups, you you biff it. So I'm, I'm going to dunk that. But the, the play at the end, Embiid, Embiid making plays at the end on the defensive end is, I think, my favorite part of stuff. Offensive stuff, things go in, they don't go in. Shots, shots rim out, whatever. But like when you can break up a play, when Embiid breaks up a play on the defensive end, that's that's my favorite way to end a game and he broke up that lob that sealed the deal it was great uh and i just also want to say that Kyrie placing his palm on Embiid's forehead and then immediately getting called for a foul was very funny <laughs> it was very very funny i enjoyed it you mentioned the uh the net switching actually actually before we talk about that i think we might as well vegas mike 
Now, Vegas I might... Came, I came pretty close to that Eagle score. You did. What did you say, 31-14? I said 31-13. 31-13. I was obviously not very close. As I said, Giants 23-21. But no. it is not Vegas Spike. It is Vegas Mike. True enough. Mike, here we are. Uh, by the way, DraftKings Sportsbook all brings you Vegas Mike. The draft, the, we're down to the final four teams of, uh, of the NFL. Of course, the, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, with Mahomes versus Joe Cool over there. But then the game that you and me are and all of Philadelphia more interested in, the NFC Championship game, the Niners and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Eagles are minus two and a half. Mike, what is the Vegas Mike pick? We will obviously be on again, so you can change it. Because yeah. I think we're on Saturday, right? Yeah. So, but right now, Eagles minus two and a half. What is the Vegas Mike pick at DraftKings Sportsbook? I'm I'm also get, letting the emotion get the best of me here. Okay, like jo- like Joel, mm-hmm. like I have a kinship with Joel. I there's something about rookie quarterbacks, like like short point guards in the NBA, where I just I just want somebody to fucking level them. And so mm-hmm. I've just been texting a bunch of people that I want Brock Purdy's ribs on my dining room table. Like mm-hmm. I want I want it, I want it <laughs> protruding through his shirt. Not a I like I'm getting violent here, and I'm, I'm okay. it's I want it bad. I want I want Hassan Reddick in Brock Purdy's mouth. Like it's got it like get him all over there. I want to fucking hmm. I, want to, I want him laying down. I want to clip that anyway, CJ. <laughs> that's fine. It's football. Yeah. Uh I feel like I feel like they're just going to win and I'm scared of that also. You're going to cover? Niners are a good team. I I think so. I think yeah. I think give me like 26-16. Niners are a good team. Would not trust a rookie quarterback on the road in the NFC not, Championship. Yeah, not in the NFC Championship. Not Would, in Philly. Not, yeah, he's good. I mean, he's, he's been he's, he's done he's done well, and it's time for his ribs to come off. Yes, the DraftKings. We did a same game parlay for today's Sixers game. It did not it did not work out. Sixers got the win. DraftKings. If you are a new customer, bet five bucks, win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. That's what you do by betting on the NBA over there, DraftKings Sportsbook, and using promo code RTRS. And for a limited time, all new and existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Opt in, place the same-game parlay on an NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you get your you get a free bet back. Download the app now. Sign up with code RTRS. New customers bet five bucks on the NBA. Get two hundred bucks in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports bank partner of the NBA, with code RTRS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Okay, back to the Sixers. Now, I was going to say you, you were talking about the lack of pick and roll and the Nets basically switching everything. Mm-hmm. And I did have a bit of a nightmare today now the Sixers scored 140 points so I what am I talking about really mm-hmm. but but as I'm watching them the, the basically the the hard and beat pick and roll basically disappear right yeah. and then they go zone and the Sixers as they always do are like 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 they, they look to the side they're like what's this I haven't seen this before yeah. what do we do here and I just had this nightmare about going up against... The whole team became the, the Nick Young question mark me. <laughs> right. I had this nightmare about the playoffs and teams that can switch and are good at defense and trying, and we're just left with, like, step backs and sloppy post-ups and Tobias 17-footers. And I got a little scared. Tobias so, shooting 80%, 80% on those 17-footers. 
Yeah. So uh, what am I to no, think it's, about this? I think realistic, like it's a concern. Like yeah. that's something that I, I think this is ultimately this kind of game is, is helpful for them to go through. You know, it's weird. They just like slow down so much. And, and I guess maybe Doc yelling pace over and over again isn't quite getting through. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, yeah, they just like slow down so much and everyone's like holding the ball, like just begging for a passing lane to show up. Earlier in the game when they went to zone, they sort of exploited him in that middle. Like Tobias would get to the middle and, and hit a jumper kind of thing. But it just seemed like towards the end, for most of the fourth quarter, they were just standing 30 feet from the basket, waiting for something to happen and not moving, not screening for each other, mm-hmm. nothing. And I think also, like, not only did the pick and roll leave them this game, but George Niang didn't do anything offensively. He didn't score. He only took one three in 17 minutes, which is kind of bizarre. You know, um, we got it. Just felt, it felt like the stuff that they normally get, they weren't getting. And that's and despite that, they still shot 51, 47, 97 from from uh on shooting. So it's it's still I mean they scored 137 points, but to to do that without any of the like bread and butter stuff felt a little weird. There was we got an email from Rob who said, watching the Sixers Nets games and wanted to point something out the maxi led bench minutes. Look at him and Yang in the second quarter, especially George's body language. Lots of throwing up his arms when Maxi shoots and miscommunication on defensive pick and roll defense. Wondering if you think a downside to moving Maxi to the bench is that he starts to be a scorer only guy. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, Maxi was great tonight. Hit some uh, big buckets. Hit some really big shots. Six and nine yeah. from deep. Twenty-seven points on fourteen shots. It's. I thought it was really good to see him like regaining that form. And even though he's clearly a top five, maybe top three player on this team, it's just nice to see him have a little bit more freedom with the second unit. I think they could do that and also start him, but whatever. Um, it's nice to see him have the ability to be catch and shoot guy, and then have the ability to be um, more scoring focused. And I also think like his his passing has taken a step forward. Um, I think I, I think he's seeing more passing lanes than he had before. I think it, I like the transition pass to Melton for a dunk. I like those easy buckets. Too too often our, our guys in transition are going like up against somebody when there's an easy like layoff for a dunk uh, available. Um, but I thought Max, I, I, that's less of a concern for me. I do wish that he would not take so many tough shots sometimes, but. He can make them like he's really very good and and he was hot tonight. Um, the the defense is confusing because, you know, people that that track these things will, will talk about like how he really dies on a lot of screens and his recovery time on them is not good, even though he's fast and he's obviously not long. But the thing that is confu- most confusing to me is it seems like there's like frequent miscommunications. And that's the stuff that I that I see with him and Niang. Um that's the, the the play that he's referencing when they both left. They both went to, I think it was TJ Warren, allowing Seth Curry to just have a walk into an open three. And I just, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's not enough talking. I don't know if it's like some level of confusion. It, it, it shouldn't happen as much as it does. Um, but that that's not really a, a difference between starter or not starter. That's just like, there's got to be a, a set, you know, that's just reps, I guess, of playing with guys and getting a feel for it. Now, this is u- usually your lane. And trust me, I don't want to get in your lane. But as I mentioned before, the start of this is not your lane. As I mentioned before, I love to beat Ben Simmons. Fucking guy. 
ruined a whole fucking season. So he he starts off hot in the third quarter. Yeah. Precisely. Looks, looks real precisely. Um going at Montrez Harrell. Interesting. Like it was embarrassing. And actually the end of the second quarter, all Montrez Harrell needed to do as Ben Simmons was running straight toward the basket and didn't have time to do anything else yeah. is to stand there and take a fucking charge and he didn't do it. And Simmons ended up with the and one, blah, 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 blah. Or just move his, keep moving his feet. Like slapping, slapping down. The funniest moment was Simmons goes to score six points, whatever the fuck it is. All, all on Harold, just looking at him like he's yeah. like it's a, a cartoon mm-hmm. uh, um, where he looks at somebody and sees a big turkey leg instead of a person. That's right. Like, that's what they, the whole league. That's what the whole league does. He's they, a big turkey leg. They take Harold out. They and they don't put in uh, Embiid and they don't put in B-ball Paul. Nope. And they don't put in PJ Tucker. No, nope. they just leave George Niang out there, who effectively. Ended Ben Simmons's night on yeah. one possession, yeah, simply by not being fucking terrible. Yeah, just defense. absolutely stones him in the post. Yeah, I mean, in the first half, Ben wasn't going at Trez. No, and and there was a couple times where he drove in and then just like looked around to pass it out to somebody, which is ninety percent of what he does at this point. And I was like, oh man, that's how you know. Like, the, yeah. if he's not going at Montrez Harrell when when everybody else in the league can score on Montrez Harrell, who looks like a turkey leg, I think it's a great analogy. Uh, and then in the second half, somebody said something to Ben. He's like, "All right, I'm going to go for it." And he and him going for it is really just like I'm going to drive at somebody and see if like a hook shot goes in. Um, at this point, but yeah, I mean, I think that this, I, I, I was actually a little happy to see it because I think this is the thing to convert the like few Montrez fans of like actually is, he's is good. Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons yeah. like scoring on him at will. Ben Simmons, who who doesn't score at all. He's averaging like four fucking points a game. Yeah. He's and scared he, of shooting. And so easily going right at Trez. Yeah. To be like, oh, this guy's not even around. This guy's not even there. It's really impressive how bad he is at defense. One of the worst defenders in the league, if not the worst. Um, and then Doc took him out for small ball. And then, yeah, stones him and then drew a tee. That, that was George's best play of the game. I'm glad we got a little bit of that. But obviously, he was not a factor offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun for, I, I don't, I was, I was on doubles watch with Ben. I was like, if they fucking double this guy at any point, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind because if anybody knows, I said it when they played the Hawks, yep. the Hawks should know, but the Sixers really should know. And they didn't do it. And I'm so, I was happy about that. But, uh, yeah, it was funny when he missed the baby hook with Joel on him. That was good. Um, it's a, it's a fun environment. I think some of the nicknames that like crowd shirts give him are bad and embarrassing. Uh, but you know, that's what you get in the grab bag of, uh, fan, fan culture. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Got it. I, this was, this was, I thought of all the crowds for the Ben returns, of course, the first one he didn't play. And this was like the best crowd I thought, like I'm probably because Embiid was in there and mm-hmm. the game actually meant something. And, you know, were there this. Nets fans early in the game? There were, and they were chanting Ben Simmons. And then the Sixers fans were chanting sucks. Sucks, Right. Yeah. Did they leave during the game and not come back? Or like, know. honestly, like, I feel like I'm a conspiracy theorist and thinking like those fans were paid. Like there was a, a caravan of Nets fans paid to come down and chant for Ben Simmons. Like, give me a break. No way those guys are real. No way. 
The I've only met two Nets fans. I work with both of them. Uh, hi, Keith. Hi, Evan. Uh, well, yeah, it's Sean. He's also, I work with three Nets fans. So I don't know. I guess they're there. The original ones are from New Jersey, not even from Brooklyn. I don't know. I'm not saying that there's not Nets fans. I'm just saying yeah. like the idea that Nets fans would take yeah. in mass come to Philadelphia without Kevin Durant and well, they probably like, bought make the their presence the felt the with chance. Like it just yeah. felt, it felt very like, uh, like coordinated <laughs> in a way, like the way that like the, like M and M's is so clearly like gearing up for like a Super Bowl spot. Like it feels like something is about like what think, was that? Do you think it was the revolutionaries just in a different outfit? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Honestly, yes, I do. I think that's exactly what it was. The other thing is that like uh, this was a good D'Anthony Mountain gay man. He had man. a couple of great rebounds, played yep. good defense, hit big shots in the first half of the game. Yep. Uh, this was exactly what he does and he was, they don't win the game without him. You know, they don't win this game without him. No, I mean, I, I have been, he's, he made a few plays defensively. Uh, he couldn't really do anything with Kyrie. And so that was a little, I want him to be a little bit more of a lockdown Island guy. I want a little bit more like physicality that he can do without like getting called for fouls. Um, he doesn't quite give you that as much as I want against like those kinds of elite scorers the way Kyrie is. But yeah, I mean, just a good presence on the court at all times. Um, and when he's hitting shots from the outside, he's three of six from deep tonight. When he's hitting shots, like he's re- it really adds an element to the starting unit of like a th- as a threat um, because PJ is obviously the least impactful offensive player in NBA history at this point. Um, and and Tobias is. You know, we can talk about Spy in a second, but like he's the he's the Melton is now like the quickest catch and shoot guy in the starting lineup. And so it's nice it's when he's hitting those, it's really nice. And he and he's hit some off the dribble. Like he was real he's just great. I just love him. I think he's great. Speaking of Tobias, it seems like see if see if you agree with this one. Here we go. First part of the season, Tobias is fully what we want, right? Yeah. Quick trigger, going hard at the rim. He comes on the podcast and we're like, great job, Tobias. And he's He's like, actually, I can do the other shit. And for like 10 games, he's old Tobias. But now it seems as if, and he hit his knee, whatever. It seems as if he has melded old Tobias and new Tobias into one Tobias that does the right thing when we need it as the quick trigger three, when we need it has that little 16, 17 footer when we need it feels like he's in a good rhythm right now, Tobias. Kind of. Yeah. He's, I think the main thing is that he's hitting those long twos. Yes. And so it makes it feel (laughs) better than if he wasn't. That's a good point. Um, But yeah, I thought even though he only took two threes, one of two from deep, uh, still not enough catch and shoot. I need more of it, but no dunks. Um, no dunks, which is frustrating. I thought he was going to go up for one one time, and I knew it, like of, my face was flashing through his head, uh, but he decided to light up instead and missed. But I thought that he was decisive, going to the rim, taking foul line jumpers in the zone. Um, at least if he's going to do that, then like then do that. And it wasn't. It didn't seem like there was many record scratch Tobias moments. Aside from when everybody, the whole team was record scratching against his own. And another big fucking stop on Seth Curry, like you mentioned. Like, that's a big, Seth was on fire in that moment. And Tobias 
locked him up and forced an air ball. Like that's, he's just a good player. He's a good, helpful player that I'm glad is, is here. And anytime any trade piece mentions like, what can they get for Tobias this season? I'm like, they, they cannot trade Tobias Harris this season. They absolutely can't. There's no, there exists no trade that is realistic where, where a Tobias trade comes out and the Sixers are a better team because of it. It just doesn't happen this season. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, the first sponsor of the Right Streaky Sanchez podcast. I don't remember how many years ago. Five, six? Uh, no, more than that. Really? That he sponsored yeah. us? Uh, well, he was donating to charities. Oh, before. I would say. Right. Six, six or seven years ago. Seven, six or seven maybe. Years. Yeah. Over, we're, we're at 310 or something, right? So Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from L. Alpavorsky Jewelers. Was showing somebody at work the other day the wedding with Pablo Torre, which of course he provided the rings for, has been involved in all of our nonsense, is going on Fly the Process. He's a great jeweler, a great guy, and one of us, a member of the podcast, going to fly the process with us to San Antonio. Hey, Pop, might want to get yourself thrown out so Brett can coach. You can come sit with us. Anyway, uh, every person we've heard from who's purchased a ring from Lee has been like over the moon about it. Over the moon. This is a big purchase. You, when you go make, make a purchase like engagement ring, you need a guy. Right? You want to go, hey, you got a guy for that? We got a guy. Ella Pavorsky Jeweler's been there more than three decades. And then once you got a guy for your engagement ring, you got your jeweler for life. He is your jeweler for life. You need an engagement ring, it's Lee. You need a Valentine's Day gift, it's Lee. Birthday present, whatever. He's your guy. Now, here's what's important. He wants to spend time with you when you buy the ring. Focus only on you. So appointment only. 215-627-2252. 215-627-2252 is the number. You can email him, lee at llpavorsky.com. You can tweet at him, at llpavorsky. If you're walking through Philadelphia, the store is right there at 707 Walnut. Take a selfie in front of it. As Mike mentioned- Take a, a selfie inside of it. Inside of it. Take a, uh, as Mike mentioned, he supports our charities. Right now, Province Animal Center and Mama T's Community Fridge. L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers. He is watching live. He has texted me during this podcast, and that's what you want your jeweler to be doing. I can't wait to see him in Texas. I love that he goes on these trips. I hope he wears a big, a big hat. A big oh, cowboy hat. Should I get him to wear a 10-gallon hat? Take him, like, I think he will do boots. it without us asking. Yeah. Lee, if, if the first time I see you on this fucking trip, you're not wearing a fucking hat... I can't if, if that hat if that has only six gallon or eight gallon, that's ten, not gonna be enough. I need it to be ten. Ten gallon hat, motherfucker. Um, anything else from this one? Oh, so much. Oh, Jesus Christ. So much. Come on. I Let's talk so about Matisse. Good stuff. Let's talk about oh, Matisse. I I I can't stand it. I know you I know you can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know you can't do it. Yeah. There's nothing that he, there's nothing that he could do at this point that's going to win you over. I don't think so. And I understand that. And I yeah. empathize with that. And, I, and that's yeah. where I'm at with Trez. Like yep. there's not, there's simply nothing that he could do. He, Trez has been playing better, like offensively in some moments lately, yes. but there's, there's just nothing that he could do yep. that would at any point convince me that he is a helpful player to this team going forward and especially in the playoffs. So I, I empathize with that. I do think that there are things that Matisse can do that are helpful to this team. Uh, hit two threes. Like obviously it's, a, they didn't cover him at all. And like he has to make them pay for that. And so him hitting two threes was big. Um, and the bigger thing than that was that he caught a lob. Like I and Maxi threw it. Like I mentioned the passing earlier. Like those sneaking behind the defense for lobs, like that's gotta be it. There's no one else on this team that catches lobs. Matisse has to be that guy. He has to. 
and I thought that was really nice. Um, of course, he reaches too much. He fouled too much. Like there's sometimes where he just doesn't have to try to block somebody from behind and hit him in the back of the head. Like he doesn't have to do it. But there are a bunch of really nice deflections. He saved the one that Joel got. I think it was the one that got blocked or or missed a shot, and then Matisse like saved it with a deflection and stole it on the other end. Um, that's huge. So it was, a, it was a good and bad Matisse night, but as far as offense goes, definitely a, a, a good one on the Matisse scale. You said there's a lot more other than that. That's we talked about every player. No, we didn't talk about PJ. Oh yeah. Well, what are you gonna say? He didn't play in the second half. He played three minutes ha- in the second it's half. It's happened a few about. times. It's happened. A I few know. Times. Yeah. But like. It's He's, bro, you want him not to play, then he doesn't play. Well, I, he want doesn't him to sit, I want him to rest. I don't want him to play uh, 18, like, we, miss, you know, miss uneven minutes and then and then just sit because he can't contribute offensively. He did lead the team in plus minus inexplicably today. We we got a, a this is a good time, actually. We got a call about PJ. Uh, 833 Lickface is where you call to leave a, a message about PJ or anything. Weekly Becky here. Uh, quick side note. <laughs> No one other than my sister-in-law when she was seven and Spike have referred to me as Becky and I'm embracing it. So my question is about the backup center. I'm listening to you guys debate who would be better to have into the playoffs between uh, Trez and Andre Drummond. And I found myself getting very angry and shouting it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter which of those are on the team because the only chance of our team doing anything in the playoffs is if we embrace the coaching staff, whatever embraces PJ Tucker as backup center, like for real, for real, he is taking up those minutes. It is a formula that has worked to get a championship. It's what has to happen. And then I was like, Oh my God, I guess I, radically agree with spike here in like believing in pj tucker he can play that role and what he's doing we should not be caring that he's not shooting you know the corner three or like he doesn't need to fucking take a floater in the regular season he doesn't need to work on his shooting form or like his (sighs) offensive dimensionality like he's playing all those minutes it's a good thing because he's Staying conditioned. He's like keeping his conditioning up and he's going to know exactly what to do when he gets into that role in the playoffs. So I have this hot take that we need to fucking unite around the dude that we tampered for. It now, just, that was it the just, only voicemail that wasn't just fucking obliterating me this week. <laughs> so, so I played play it. it first. But yeah, look, I, I, PJ Tucker, the last, for the last 10 years, I have loved. Mm-hmm. But the if you look, just go to the, his basketball reference and see how much less he is doing. Like but the, that's not true. It, I, it I, is I, true. His 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 usage rate is at six percent. I I posted, last year's usage rate was at eleven or twelve percent. His usage rate right now is at six percent. But last year was an anomaly. When you look at his stats, honestly, his stats this year per thirty six are exactly the same as when he was in Milwaukee and they won a title. Exactly the same. Last year, he scored like nine points a game, but he, he never scores nine points a game. So in in his year, his year in Milwaukee, that season, five points a game, five rebounds, 33% from three. He's 39% this year. Shot 37% from the field. I, he's shooting 46%, I think, from the right corner th- this year. 30, uh, 46 from the right corner, 36 from the left corner. I, they, they win when he's in there. 
And Beck, he's right. He's just staying in shape in these men. And he's <laughs> he going to take a month center. off and get back in shape in March. He's going to play he's center. Absolutely take a month off. Shout out Beck. He's not going to be contributing in the All-Star game or All-Star weekend or any All-Star festivities because he takes one shot a game and avoids everything else. He's just, he's he's the most, look, the, the Milwaukee that Milwaukee regular season, he played 20 games. He was a, he was a pickup at, at uh, the But those were the whole mark. season stats. Those were the whole season stats. Those were the, the stats for his entire season. Okay, so when he was with Houston also. But both, both, yeah. Okay. Uh, Look, I have loved Peter Tucker many times. He just, he just needs to not, he he is avoiding the ball. He is running around aimlessly offensively. He had, he had a nice back cut in this game. They find him on the back cut and he blows a layup because he's 75 years old and he can't dunk. Like, it's just like the fact that he can't dunk and is an unwilling shooter and is just so unathletic at this point. It just, it just, it just kills me. Can I, and let me make, let and, me he ha- and he hasn't been good enough defensively to merit how invisible he is offensively. And maybe he does in the playoffs. And I would love, I, before the season started, I wanted it to be back up five PJ Tucker and maybe with more shooting options on the court, his lack of shooting or lack of willing shooting will hurt less if he's playing the five, but like, he hasn't been good enough at that either. Like he just hasn't been good enough at anything. And maybe it turns around in the playoffs, but like it hasn't been good enough. And I just, I, I find it very hard to trust him in any major role in the playoffs. I would posit, I trust him, Team Tucker. I would posit that even though we both, I think, watched a lot of P.J. Tucker over the years, that this is maybe one case, maybe one case that we've had a lot over the years where you see a guy every game and the experience is different than seeing him of course. six times a year. But That's it is all. also the lowest usage rate of his career. That's okay. But he's he's probably playing with, as far as starting lineup, he's probably playing with the most, like, talented offensive starting lineup he's ever played in his entire career in terms of, like, like he, when he was playing with, with Harden in Houston, it was Harden or Harden and Paul and then a bunch of guys who catch and shoot. Like, that's all it was. But that's not what this is here. That's not what this is. Like, this is the, he, he should have the lowest usage rate of his career. Team Tucker. It's really, it's very bleak. It's a bleak situation. I don't think so. Kid. It's very, it's it's an upsetting thing. Him missing like missing layups and him trying his floater. It's just, it's Kid. devastating. He took four free throws today in the first quarter. It was like the Nets were just giving doing him a favor. That was like charity. He should be Kid. able to. He should be able to write off those 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 free throws are tax deductible for the Nets. It was a very generous gift. Can we watch this Harden M Night Shyamalan video really quick? Really quickly. Okay. I love Nick Claxton, man. Oh, he's fucking he's, awesome. He's so good. I've loved him for so yeah. long. He's, he's so awesome. Yep. He's way better than Ben. He's a he's at this point, he's like such a he's such a great defensive player. Like they hit a couple yeah. weirdly of like three step backs in his face. Maxi hit a couple step backs in his face, which was wild. Uh Harden hit a few. Um he can do everything on the defensive end. He can switch one through five. He moves his feet, he protects the rim, he can rebound. Like he's just awesome. And as, as an offensive player, like obviously he can't shoot and his free throw is disgusting, but like he's still better than he was a couple years ago offensively, you know, like, like he's, he at least knows where to be and he had totally. that hook oh, yeah. shot thing. And like, yeah, and it's unfair that he has to play with Ben at any point. Cause if you just, yeah. if you just allow him to be a rim running center, yeah, he can like, he can beat guys off the dribble. Like he's just a really, really good player. Um, and B did call him a pussy ass when they were, uh, when they got double teed. I saw that. So I, it's maybe okay. MB disagrees, but, uh, I don't think he's a pussy ass. I think he's a really good basketball player. Um, and Derek helpfully reminded us 
that uh, Nick Claxton was taken with the Trevor Booker draft pick. Yeah, trade that you defended. Look, we've all. I was just. I was trying to survive out there, man. <laughs> That's so I was trying fair. to fucking survive. Would you think? Do you think in me and my right mind would ever want a, a journeyman backup for a draft pick that I love? I love the draft pick. I wasn't. I was just trying to it's exist. Okay. I'm, I'm. I'm just. I was just throwing it out there. I. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm. I'm actually sorry for bringing it up. I agree. I love Nick Claxton. I thought he, man. he is. He has gotten like so good. And honestly, here here's a, a message, and then we'll move on to this Harden M Night Shyamalan video. Ben Simmons, you should retire so Nick Claxton doesn't have to play with you. Just retire, or say you have an injury the rest of the year. Because you are honestly, the Nets, if if they could not play Ben Simmons for 28 minutes a game and Nick Claxton could just be who he is, maybe they're a title threat. You should retire. You should move on so Nick Claxton can have his own team. So this thing popped up over the uh, a couple days ago, video. It is a 30-second video. And we've been getting, now this isn't Coach Mike. I guess it's Hollywood Mike or whatever who has to talk about the acting stylings of M. Night Shyamalan, James Harden, but most specifically the, the uh, uncredited actor surprise at the end. One oh, I haven't three. seen it. I, oh, I've, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen okay. it. I, I saw it like cross my timeline, a bunch of people looking at it, sending it to me, and I just was like, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to. And there's no part of me that wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so now we're here, and I'm going to yep. watch it. Yep, here we go. To Philly, to some R and R. I get it. Seasons a grind. It's like making movies. Sometimes you just gotta step back. Pretty good place to fade away. <laughs> that little smirk they gave. I wouldn't answer that if I were you. James, want to see a horror movie? I'll show you one in practice. Knock at the cabin. I must have missed the evite. Rated R. What? <laughs> what that? I thought it like built to something. It was nothing. No, it's just that I didn't get the evite. I'm a little surprised that M. Night Shyamalan is the worst actor of the three of them. He, not even close. And one thing I got to give Doc credit on, CJ, I don't know if you can show it, but when Doc sits down, he gives the firm hand on the thigh to both Harden and M. Night. That's like, me. That's me. That's not thigh. Oh, it's me. Okay. But he was pretty good. Doc was pretty good. <laughs> Okay, I thought Harden James James as he's as he's leaning back and doing the fadeaway, yeah, little smirk. I liked it. Yep, um, he seemed to enjoy himself doing that, which was James. Yeah, I wouldn't have sure. expected. But look, you sit courtside, you build a relationship with you guys. Good for them. Good for M Night. No, we do have some emails, a couple of voicemails, just obliterating me. I would like to note that we've talked about it before. There is a rights to Ricky Sanchez Reddit that we did not create. And, you know, it's not that busy, but over the last week, it has become much more busy. I'm going to read some of the subject lines of what's going on in Ricky Reddit. Oh, God. Um, Would Spike and Mike ever hang out? (laughs) How much longer do we have? Any episodes (laughs) with a good Spike and Mike fight in it? People want it. People are craving the fight. Favorite part of the podcast, callers who don't know CJ's name. Everything I know about Philadelphia, I have learned from this podcast. 
That's dangerous. Yeah. So, it, and and by the way, the one, the two that had the most comments, I believe, were any episodes with a good Spike and Mike fight in it, and uh, would Spike and Mike ever hang out? So, yeah. so what do you think about this? I mean, <laughs> it's, people, it's, we we are the we've been thinking that the Sixers are the main characters, but we are. We're the main it characters. Turns out. Yeah. It turns out. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I give credit to everyone. I, this is going to have to be a Reddit that I don't go back to actually, because <laughs> I, I, it's too close. It's, there's too much in there. Yeah. Um, and also uh, CJ actually found time on Spotify. There's a question under the podcast. You can see there to, uh, put in the Spotify question of the podcast. What's this CJ's time, face doing right now? He's, he's grinning. Okay. Grinning. <laughs> he's good. Laughing. Good, good, yeah. good, 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 good. Yeah. Uh, He's he well. He does I have a this. CJ in my mind. You can see CJ on the on the video. I can't, so I just have CJ right. in my mind all the time. The What's Spotify question right of the pod: What is your favorite segment of the pod? Um, Jeremy says using this Q and A to suggest that the hardest stomach YouTube comment of the week become a sponsored so segment sponsored by Body Bio Gut Plus. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. Yeah, that's on that's on the Body Bio people. Yeah, who by the way texted me during the game. Oh really? Sponsors just text just 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 yep. ready. Kasabi reached out to me the other day. Wow, people are going crazy. Sponsors, just um, hit me up. Some uh, we got a bunch of Coach Mike votes. Vegas Mike relationship advice. We got whatever happened to the jigsaw. I used to love that each week, laughing uncontrollably on my way to work. It actually became hard for me to think of them, but I could bring it back once every couple of weeks. The LL it's a, it's such an well, we did the. 100 jigsaws the off season was yes a lot of jigsaws yeah um the ll pavorsky advertisements listening to this podcast is the only time i genuinely enjoy hearing advertisements when i elope one day i'll hit up my man ll and order online gotta do it and finally pj says when cj got yelled at for not doing his job Mm. and then the youtube comment of the week producer spot opening up (laughs) interesting (laughs) what's his face doing now uh, he's laughing again. Laughing he's, laughing. he's having a great okay, time. Great, great good, time. Good, good. Um, before we get to the voicemails uh, and emails, really um, quickly, the just yeah. the, uh, the I'm not going to harp on it, but like yep. the the technical fouls in this game. Oh, blew, is that a control? My mind. Just so fucking stupid. Harden tossed the ball against the stanchion, and the guy's like, technically, technically, you're not allowed to do that. And then like Trez gets teed up. It's just so just loser shit. Like such massive losership. Who are they doing it for? Adam Silver is at the game, watching this. Well, and I wish that we had a camera on him to, he had to be nodding every time. And if he wasn't nodding every single time a technical foul was called, then he should, a microphone should come into his face right away and be like, are you sure? You could stop this. You could stop this from happening. It's so fucking stupid. More no calls, more no technical fouls and more no calls generally. Let them play. Jesus Christ. It's, a, I don't, the length of the game doesn't bother me. I'll, I'll watch, I watch baseball. That's length true. of the game. I don't mind. It doesn't mind, bother me, but just like, what you're affecting, these are points that you're giving to the other team for nothing. Losers. They're such fucking losers. I hate refs. God. Before we get to the voicemails and the emails, Big Barker dog beds. Big Barker therapeutic dog beds. We had, oh, yeah. a, cu- we had a couple of uh, had a couple of workers in the house today working on a closet. And my wife had to get some medicine things. So we had to put Rebel workers, in the guest such room. A, such a general term. Well, it was we've uh, closets like the closets we got here weren't yeah, finished. Closet so, people, a couple of Russian guys, the <laughs> outside outside smoking, and then inside. But we had to put Rebel in the guest room because he barks, and every time they made a noise, he would bark. But 
we do have a big barker in there. And after a while, he stopped barking. I walked in. He was just sitting on the big barker. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. If your dog has a dog bed, it's probably a piece of shit. I mean, it might look nice, right? Oh, look, it looks fluffy. Beds are not fluffy. Pillows are fluffy. You lay your head on a pillow. That's fine. You don't sleep on a pillow. You need a supportive mattress. I've never visualized it. Yeah. As you you said that before, but I've really never visualized what it's like. And that's true. A bed isn't fluffy. A pillow is fluffy. Yes. So you need, you want to get your dog a pillow. That's fine. But you need to also get your dog a real bed, a supportive mattress like Big Barker. Engineered by experts to support your dog's joints. The, the, The fact is, is that dogs have joints just like us. I got creaky joints. I get older. You know, you sleep on a bad mattress. You go, you stay at some Airbnb, you sleep on a bad mattress. You feel it the next day. Then as you get older, imagine sleeping on that mattress every day. You get older, be a nightmare. You need to get a big barker for your dog's health, for your dog's happiness. And because when you get a dog, you rescue a dog, you have one job. Give that dog the best life you can. It's your only job. You can't do that without getting a big barker. You go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You not only get the big barker dog bed to make your dog happy and healthy, you get two process pup patches. Send us some photos. We'll put them in the process pup gallery. It's a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. Try it for a full year. If you don't like it, your dog doesn't like it, they'll give you a full refund and they'll pay for the shipping. Big barker, big barker, handmade in the USA. Big barker dog beds. Woof, woof. Okay. Um, this comes from Philip. Hi, Spike and Mike. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Our old huge, intern. Huge fan. Yes. Fan of the pod living in the basketball desert of St. Louis. Basketball question. A lot of coverage Philip, of Maxi's. No, it's, it's different Philip. Yes, different Philip. But that Philip was not from St. Louis. But maybe he's living there now. I haven't heard from Philip in forever. Hmm. A lot, of, a lot of the coverage of Max, Maxi's success as six-man has fore, foregrounded how this role works because it plays to his strengths. That's not wrong entirely, but I want to propose an alternate theory. Maxi coming off the bench works because it plays to Doc's strengths. Conceptually, it should be, it should be possible to imagine a coach that come up with a scheme whereby this team's three best players can start together and share the floor productively. For whatever Doc's finer points, he does not seem to be that coach at the moment. Doc is, however, a coach who knows exactly how to maximize the potential of a guard who is a poor defender and an electric score if he comes off the bench. Doc knows, in other words, how to coach Lou Williams. Is it possible that Maxi's success as six-man is as much about Doc fitting him into a Lou Williams-shaped hole in the Sixers' offense as it is about about any innate aspect of Maxi's game. Yeah, I mean, I mostly agree with that. It's a good point. I think definitely Doc is Doc is the kind of guy that is only his frame of reference has has left him many decades ago. Like he doesn't have he's not he's not learning any new memories. Like he's just at a place where everything that's happened to him has already affected his brain in a way he's not like growing. So he's just like, oh, this thing that I've done already. Like I can do that. Yeah. I just think Maxie is a way better player than Lou Williams ever had the potential to be. And if we're just relegating him to that role, and not to say that Maxie can't be a six-man this year and then be in the starting lineup next year or going forward, whatever. Um, but I just I want him to keep developing as a player. And I think he, he can, can do that off the bench. Or he can do that playing primarily not with Harden. But um, yeah, I think Doc is... This is the, he is doing, he's playing, he's playing the hits. 
non-basketball question. This is for Spike as the merch kingpin of the Ricky and all your experience in sports and media, who else in the same, who else is in the same novelty merch tier as the Ricky? Not an official team or organization products, but who else is making the best quality, imaginative hoodies, hats, et cetera. Bracketing, of course, Kinetic and B-Ball Paul. Uh, some of my favorites, um, Philly guy, heavy slime, good, great t-shirts. You could look them up on Instagram. Um, boss dog, look that up on Instagram. Meth syndicate, you can look that up on Instagram too. Those are all really good. Um, uh, oh, and I'm forgetting one. Fuck, what's his name? I'll try to remember. There's one others. Those are merch guys that I like. Um, 833-LICKFACE. 833-LICKFACE is the voicemail. Hey, guys. Um, been trying to bite my tongue for a while here on this subject. But, Spike, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with you, man. You haven't, you, you've kind of lost the fire in your belly anymore when it comes to Embiid. Multiple times this year, you, you've referenced uh, how he doesn't really look that good to your eye, even though his numbers are great which I'm not really sure what that means. I mean, he's having a historic season. I haven't missed a no, second not. this year. Uh, and he's, he seemed pretty incredible to me. But I think where this kind of really came to a head for me is when that that dummy caller last week called and said it's time to move on from him. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of Hakeem's dumb points uh, about Joel. You know, I remember a day, Spike, and I've been listening now for almost seven years, been been definitely a Spike guy, take, takes-wise, from a basketball standpoint for all those years. Um, and I remember a time where you would just lay into that guy and, and, and really tell him that the truth, which is his opinion, is, is really dumb, um, and he should probably never speak about basketball again. Anyone who's watched basketball for the past five to ten years knows that you can't just go down into the post uh, and score at will it's literally the, the easiest part of the court to double on. Um, but you haven't done that and you haven't stuck up for him. So I, I think it begs a, a, a bigger question. Are you no longer an Embiid guy? Kind of what's happened to make you sour on him? Um, and what happened to the old spike that I knew and loved that would just lay into someone with such a, a, a stupid, you know, kind of inexplicable take. So um, really hoping to get some clarity and hoping that we can get you on back on board and, and we can, you know, move in the right direction, which is uh, that Embiid's amazing and the, the Sixers can easily go to the championship this year. Mm. Uh, we got to be more positive. Thanks, guys. All right. Lost me at the end. Yeah. Got it. I don't like it. I don't like got to be more positive. Yeah. I, I, it, everyone in their own heart of hearts and well of uh, anxiety can decide when it's time to be positive, feel good about things. And mm. I, mine is a, it's a, it is the New York Times needle of when I feel good and when I don't. Right you know, now I feel I feel okay. You know, it's like I don't have my fire the fire in my belly about bro, let me be honest with you. Here I don't go. have a fire in my belly about anything anymore. <laughs> I'm tired. Give me a break. We played the voicemail. We said the guy was wrong. We moved on. Uh, just a couple other things. Joel Embiid is playing great this season. It's not historic. There's like seven, eight, nine guys in the NBA putting up numbers like this this year. I, I Embiid's having a great year for sure. He, he would be the first. They said on the broadcast he'd be the first guy to go thirty and ten in back to back seasons if he if he gets there. Yeah, but like Jokic is averaging a triple double from the center position. Like like Luke is averaging like thirty four 
10 and eight. Like I'm just, he's having a good year. I, I, I love Embiid. I want him to be a Sixers entire career. He's like my favorite Sixer of all time. I, I love the guy, but I think it was, I think I have been fair in saying like time to fucking nut up and push this team to the fucking conference finals in the finals. You're the best player. Time to do it. It's it's fine to acknowledge when he hasn't succeeded, I think. You know? I just, I don't want to be boring. Lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. This comes from Nick. Do wait, do you do you no. sorry, do you uh do you feel like he has done that since you I know obviously it's not the playoffs, but do you feel like he has he has answered that call for you for that you gave, you know, a month or whatever ago? To like put egos aside. I think I think they have answered the call to work together. It seems like we haven't heard a comment about who the offense should run through in forever. Now, if they lose four in a row, like we'll see what happens. But I yes, I think he has answered the call to like he's running more pick and roll than he ever has. Ever. He doesn't like doing that. Um, I think both he and Harden have met in the middle on that one. I would say yes, for sure. Okay. Uh, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Nick. Hello, is Mike dot 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 anti science? Oh boy. In the face of is all this, this, is this the uh, Q tips? In the face of all this information, some coming from doctors, he still insists on using Q tips. <laughs> I just feel like I can do it in a way that doesn't break off in my ear. I Simply, I feel like I can do it in a way that doesn't send me into a coma. Well, a lot of our listeners have So not. far, so good. <laughs> uh, um, you'll like this one. 833-LICKFACE. 833-LICKFACE. What's up, Spike? You fucking fraud-ass fake <laughs> Philly fan. Are you fucking kidding, bro? You fucking kidding? You, it, it, there's no shot the you're fucking rooting for the Giants in this game. Or even 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 in this game. Go Birds, motherfucker! Let's go! We're going to SEC Chip! Birds, let's go! There you go. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, Amos is looking at his phone, wondering if he made a phone call during the Eagles game to our voicemail. That was as, as close to Tony T as you would ever get. Someone asked if I was leading you when I asked who you were rooting for. And I truly wasn't. I was genuinely interested. Well, you know, somebody said to me, maybe it was an email or whatever. He was like, you know what? You know what it is? He was like, he was like, you don't have to be super honest about everything. He was like, most people would have just said, go birds and just moved it along. But you had to fucking go and say, you hmm. you want them both to win and blah, blah, blah. I'm excited for the Eagles. I, I don't want to get into this. I just wanted to play you that voice. Mm. Keep sending voicemails calling Spike a fraud. <laughs> I think it's worth your time. Uh, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Um, hmm. Okay, this is a good one. This was a very long email from Seth, and I, I'm not reading the rest of it because I told him to email Cornblow. Um, but he says, I live outside of Wimberley, Texas, between Austin and San Antonio. Texas sucks, especially, um, you know, I'm not even going to mention that. Uh, I eventually got legal rights to my daughter to see her weekly now. Why am I telling you this? I guess it's because you've both played an embarrassingly important part of my life through these last few years. So I wanted to thank you. And CJ, <laughs> 
As COVID shut down the world, I was alone in Texas waiting for my daughter and listening to you guys. At the worst of times, I listened to episodes of the pod more than once. I wish it wasn't so. Don't ever stop. My non-basketball question is, if you could have one current or former Sixer hold you in their arms until you fell asleep, who would you want it to be? Mm. And who would you want to, who would you fall asleep the fastest with? Imagine you are baby size. Okay. So who I've, would you want holding you in, in Sixer? Boban is first thought and oh. probably best thought. Yeah, that's a good call. Fuck, man. That's a really good call. Um, as far as, okay, they're trying to let me go to sleep. I'm trying to imagine a scenario where I could like, back into some logic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have it. Uh, current sixer that I would want to rock me to sleep. <laughs> um, I need someone with a little bit of a little bit of heft, but some also some softness to it. So I'll say I'll say Tobias. Yeah, of course, Tobias. Now he knows me. He recognized my face. What did he say when he came on? He said, "I don't see any." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He was like looking for haters or something. Yeah. The, my face is my face has changed significantly since I was hating on Tobias, and Tobias has changed significantly since I was. Hating I would kind of want Dikembe Mutombo to rock me to sleep. Sure, I would feel like I would be tiny in his hands, even if I was a baby. I would be even tinier in giant Mutombo yeah. hands. Yeah, and current ones, I want Embiid. Embiid looks like he rocks his baby to sleep all the time. He's yeah. an enormous guy. You good, know, good rocking, good um, rocking uh, experience. So much, you know, if you don't have rocking experience, you're not going to go very far in the playoffs. Dude, Here's some more people. Eight three three lickface. Hey guys, Brian from Chicago. Uh, am I a first time, long time? If I have emailed but never called, um, but that's not the question. Uh, the major question is: I just listened to Spike defend the honesty of uh, his discourse and his lack of trolling, and just felt the need to point out that he hosted a podcast called "The Art of the Take" that appreciated the ability to craft a take for the perfect reaction. I believe he said a perfect one would be one that split the audience 50, 50. Um, so it seems like, like, and don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mind. I love the art of the take, but it seems like you might want to address that. Uh, basketball question. I just feel like not enough people are pointing out that Sixers have played very mediocre competition during the stretch. I think the only team more than a game or two above 500 was the Pelicans and that got hurt. So I'm like, stay strong and not buy. Thanks guys. Bye. Uh, it was the Kings also. Um, that must that might have been a while ago because I mean no. Flip. no I mean the the voicemail uh, January twenty fifth oh that is today yeah um, or maybe it was it came in yesterday or or two days ago but but yeah the Kings was, Kings are well over five hundred and to be yeah. that, we didn't talk about the Kings win but that was a nice that was it's a it's always oh, yeah. fun fun when the when a, they can win a non Embiid non Harden game for like sure just, all of that is good um, and if you were an Art of the Take listener. Um, we never said, uh, say anything you don't believe. We actually had a meter. You had to believe something at least 70%. Um, so uh, what I did say was, is that when you're expressing opinions to start a debate, you don't want uh, opinions that everybody agrees with. That's the idea of finding opinions you have that are 50-50. But I never, ever, ever said we were trolling. Never said we were. To me, trolling means saying something you don't believe to get a reaction. And I would never endorse that. I don't think that that's true. What? I think you can take a kernel of something you believe and heighten it and go too far. For example, pulling something out of thin air. You Speaking of thin air, you mm -hmm. thinking that Denver should not have an NBA city. Like, 
You're oh, but that was ob- but that was I thought that was obvious to everyone who I understand. Yeah. But I think that me, I think that you saying that you don't you don't troll, I think is I think that's Well, I, I don't do it if if I'm and maybe this is hard to parse sometimes. If I'm doing that, I like to think that everybody within our group knows what I'm doing. Like when I say I Denver should not have pro sports teams, to me that is so overboard. Um okay. now obviously the city a lot of the sports fans of Denver did not they think I was kidding, but I right. was definitely not being serious. I guess what's one. the point? What's the difference between that and people that are that are trolling? Uh, because I think I, I was not trying to present that as something I actually believed. Like I, I don't, I didn't. It was so ridiculous. I, I said there was going to be legislation for like. I I thought I was kidding. To me, that was me kidding. So. Um, I understand what you're saying, but to me, I was not presenting that as something that I actually believed. Now, I thought I think you can make an argument for it, but I don't. I don't actually believe that. Um, finally, this comes from Anthony. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Props to Mike for the whimsical references on the last pod. We had Wonka, Mountain Doom, commentary on Lost. By the way, like the individual mentioned, I also jump li- jump ship on Lost on season two because I couldn't stand Anna Lucia. Um, but before the final season, I binged, she goes away very quickly. Uh, well, so before the final season, I binged everything starting where I left off, and as it turns out, she was killed in the very next episode. <laughs> if I had only hung on, um, basketball. It is my belief that we were never getting Jason Tatum. That it was within the terms of the agreement. That's with the not self. a belief. That's 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 reported. Yeah, it was. It was my belief there was within the terms of the agreement that if the Celtics trade happened, the Sixers wouldn't take him. The whole point was to essentially essentially jump from third to pick one point five, um, yada yada yada. Is this the belief of the Ricky as well? Um, yes, yeah. I believe yeah. so too. Now they could have, I suppose. You know, like the trade was done, he could have taken Jason Tatum, or he could have yeah. traded the pick. Um, but you know, um, but well, yeah, still, yeah. You could have said, we're not going to tell you who we're going to take. Yes. And either take the steal or don't take it. Yes. And see what they did. Uh, actually, did. final voicemail, because you'll like this one. 833-LICKFACE, and then we're done. Hey, Spike and Mike. It's Cam from Syracuse. And that's important, because I'm a sicko. I grew up watching college basketball. It's mm-hmm. always going to be my first love. Mm-hmm. And I love a zone defense, right? Sure. So, yeah. Mike my mentioned in that AO win streak prompted by Coach Mike's demand that they win nine in a row. He said, half-jokingly, that the Sixers should be a team that exclusively plays zone defense. And you know what? I think he's right. I think we should. Because what? Our offensive rebounds are going to go down if we play exclusively zone? We're already a terrible offensive rebounding team. We should play exclusively zone. And if we had a coach that did practices, we could practice the zone because over that eight game stretch, the zone looked better and better each game. I'm a sicko. I love a zone defense. I think the Sixers, if they fucking practiced a two, three zone, if they practiced a one, three, one zone, we have so we could throw zone looks at any team and win. Why are we not playing more zone defense? Oh, I know why. Cause Doc's a fraud. <laughs> he doesn't know how to coach and he doesn't do practices. So we don't practice the zone. So when we play zone, we look frazzled because we don't know what we're doing out there. If we, if Sam Cassell 
just did like, okay, this is infrastructure week. But instead of infrastructure, we're fucking working on the zone defense. We could be an elite defensive team. If we played exclusively zone, if we did box and one against Seth Curry, if we, if we did fucking play zone defense, what the fuck? What the fuck? Mike. Anyways, Mike. That's all. <laughs> Your thoughts? Uh, I like a, I like having a Bayheim Stan pop into the, the yep. audio here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that, look, I like, I like a zone. I think it is interesting to go to it from time to time. I understand it's not uh, aesthetically pleasing basketball to just watch, but they can certainly do it more. I, I absolutely think anytime Trez is in, it should be a zone. 100%. Mm, yeah. Anytime that Montrez Harrell's in this game, they should be playing his own because there is nothing that he can do in a pick and roll. There's nothing he can do one-on-one. If you at least have different hands and limbs flying in there to help him out, like maybe they, he has stands a chance. There's no reason not to go to zone when, when Trez is in there. Um, I do think zone helps some of Embiid's strengths, but it also um, keeps him a, a couple, a little bit, you know, it keeps him from the basket, but he also has to like, you know, step out of the lane from time to time. It's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird thing. And I, I think he wants to, you know, you don't get a feel for as many guys if you're, if you're not like manning up. So I would do it every time Trez is out there and I would, I would sprinkle it in for Embiid. That's all we got. But they don't also don't have like the thing that Syracuse zone has mm-hmm. is fucking long rangey athletes in the bottom wing position, like Jeremy Grant mm-hmm. and Rick Jackson and, Wes Johnson and all those guys that could just like come, come like flying in for weak side blocks. And it's really just like Tease and, you know, Melton, I guess, but you both, both of those guys you want at the top of the zone. I do like a zone. Uh, Well, I can't wait to see which playoff team first. I I just, I am terrified. Miami Miami in three, six. Yeah. I was going to say the first round is going to be fucking Miami. It's going to be torture. Yeah. It's going to be torture. You know that, right? Okay. Arguably like they, I've been thinking like, all right, settle into those one of those two threes spots. You avoid the four five. Brooklyn and Cleveland can play each other. Blah blah blah. But yeah, they would beat Miami in a playoff series this year, and it'd be nice to have a little bit of revenge from last year uh, when Embiid wasn't missed the first two games, and they were two two in, in the games Embiid was there, even though they were the one seed. Um, but it'd be nice to have to to get like the Knicks or something and get that too. That would be that would be a more satisfying time. But, you know, they've won... How many games in a row they've won? Six? Six, yeah. They've won six games in a row. They beat a Brooklyn team that shot 65% from the field tonight. <laughs> like, that's pretty good. They shot 35... The Sixers shot 35 or 36 from from the free, from the foul line. That's cool. Like, Wait, a, we, a weird win, but a good one. Being, they didn't really shoot 65% from the field, did they? Or did Brooklyn they really? shot 49 of 76 from the field. <laughs> They shot 64.5%. What a fucking weird yeah. NBA season this is. It's been yeah. bizarre. It's yeah. been bizarre. But the Sixers had more offensive rebounds and they turned the ball over seven last time, seven fewer times. So I'll take it. Little little on the margins here. Denver next. Is it? Yeah. Oh boy. Pretty sure. That'll be a good yeah. game. Yeah, I think so. Eat a play. Denver on another yeah, this is a this is that weird week for whatever reason where they played. They played Saturday and then Wednesday, and then their next game's not until Sunday. So it's just like a ton of time to, for the Sixers to not be practicing zone. <laughs> Massive. No, sorry, Saturday. Saturday Nuggets. 
and then, uh, then I won't we will you. talk to you next time thanks Is for listening are you down with TT yeah you know like if you don't fuck with me then I won't fuck with you if you don't fuck with me then I won't fuck with you but if you fuck with me I'm gonna fucking kill you that's a plan B